Welcome back to Chit Chat with Chitty. I am Jerry Chittister, MD. I'm a plastic surgeon and a hand surgeon specialty trained here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And this is my podcast slash YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode five now, and we have a special guest here today. So before we go into a lot of detail, let me introduce her first. This is my sister. So my yeah. oldest sister of three. I'm the oldest. My <laughs> but then I, have three young, I don't know how to explain that. I have three. I'm uh, the oldest sisters. of your sisters. Yeah, but I'm the oldest. She said it pretty succinctly. Yeah. People always ask me that. People think I'm older than you. Yeah, so it's Michelle <laughs> Chittister Pearson. It's, fine. <laughs> it's not that you look old, it's that he looks like a teenager. It's that I'm mature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He looks yes. like he's still playing video it's games. Maturity level. Like, well, I got the oldest. Man, what are you talking about? If he's not wearing a suit, he looks really young. I got my Utah Jazz hat. Go, Jazz. Love the jazz. And then we have Mindy back today, our another special host. <laughs> our permanent, that's what I she said, think. host. Yeah. yeah, we haven't figured that out yet. What is that going to be? I don't know. That's evolving. Yes. To be determined. Okay. So thank you, Ron. And then Ron, our producer um, slash co-host, he's also here back with us. So thanks, Ron, for always putting this together, even though it's, uh, you know, the last minute sometimes because you're busy <laughs> flying around. But um Thanks no more flying for three weeks for me, anyways. All right. Well, now I'm going to be gone for three weeks. <laughs> this is life. This is crazy, right? You guys are on, you know, life. Life is like. In actuality, I'm on call right now. So by the time this airs, we will have passed that. But I've been on call for the last two days straight and going into tomorrow for Labor Day weekend. That's crazy. So if this is only a 10 minute podcast, it's because somebody blew off their hand. Maybe something <laughs> exciting will happen. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, is, I wish some of the stuff that I deal with, I would love to share online. Can show you in person sometime if we meet up, but um, I can't show the really cool stuff. Do I need to edit that part out where you admit to showing private pictures (laughs) offline? (laughs) No, well, no, they're all they're all hate. You know, patient compliant. Also, HIPAA is a huge problem. You can't share stuff online unless you have patient consent. And there's this to me. There's kind of a fine line of you know when is it appropriate to share something that even though they may give you permission to do it. You know, I kind of have my own person. I mean, there obviously are medical standards right. when you say you can't share, you know, name, date of birth, certain things. But if someone gives you full access to do that, you can share what you want technically. So, like the patients that you see that give you permission to post on Instagram and that sort of thing, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, everyone, exactly. Yeah. So, everyone that I've had that, I discuss with them fully. And I guess we, I think some people wonder, like, wait, are you just posting stuff? No. That'd <laughs> be <laughs> <Never>. so rude. <laughs> yeah, never. I would never do that to free my patients. Free mommy makeover body. Yeah. And these people he posts do not have free surgery either. Yeah. Ding, ding, That's ding. been a misconception <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, just because you're posted. want to be models yeah. for him. I mean, I, actually, some of my patients will ask, like, hey, when are you posting my stuff? It's almost kind of yeah, part of it. Yeah, people are really excited to see them yeah. when they're posted and yeah. watch their stories. They're proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're proud but I respect, you know, I respect their privacy. I respect right. it. But you're right, they're proud. To. Like, hey, I'm really excited. You know, one thing I, I noticed, it's kind of funny. When patients come in for the first time, I get it. Like, you're very anxious. You know, there's a there's someone kind of examining you, and sometimes yeah. their spouse or seeing other is with them. But it's awkward. I totally get that, you know. And, and sometimes Mindy's there in the room with me because she's my patient care coordinator, so she's helping out. So it's funny because I'm there, Mindy's there, my spouse, and then the patient, and then their spouse, you know. It's just like this <laughs> affair. It's like a family yeah. couple's day. Couple's day. Family affair. No, but, you know, but by the end, after they have surgery... You know, I have some patients just walking out, you know, forget to put their robes on almost because they're like... They felt comfortable by the end of the consultation. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's like that when you are pregnant for the first time because you're kind of like, whoa, this guy's going to be up there all the time. And then by the end, you're just like... Yeah. Get this baby out. It's the same kind of comfort thing. It's like, well... Yeah. We've done this a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Not as accurate. But there's always a level of, risk. You know, like I said, respect anatomy, respect people's privacy. So, again, I don't use photos unless I have total consent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this weekend's been crazy. If I could only tell you what's been going on, maybe I will eventually. I don't even but I've know. I've been up all night operating. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't even talked to you. Yeah, I haven't even like seen you. For, like, two days. the first time you guys are ever are talking to Are we sure that other. Jerry's an actual surgeon? He's <laughs> doing something else. Or someone else. Uh, yeah. That's a Keeps the same hours as I don't know. You can look on my, my HIPAA-compliant HIPAA phone. I can show you a lot of photos that I did not find online oh, of man. patients. But, um, yeah, it's been busy. But it's been fun. Um, so, yeah, if I get sucked away, 
we will abruptly end this and then we'll, we'll come back. Going. We'll just Skype. Yeah, we'll just, long. yeah, you guys. I don't we need don't need chitty. Yeah, we saw a chitty. Yeah, I have, I have yeah, a list true. of eighteen hard-hitting questions for her. So <laughs> yeah, Ron doesn't, doesn't think I actually know my own sister, so he made that it's question. Not that you own your own sister. It's that I got questions targeted towards why she's on here today. Okay, I like it. Well, you know, this is homework. I'm nervous. Yeah, as much as we want, we're gonna ask her a bunch of questions. I like to think of this podcast as about everything and about nothing. So I don't okay. actually mind just talking to you, too, you know? We're definitely going to have some questions for you. He's the Seinfeld. He's the Seinfeld of podcasts. Yeah, this is the millennial Seinfeld. He can make something out of nothing. Yeah. Okay, like so it's, like what's it. been going on, though, with you, Michelle? Just kind of give us an update on your life. Um, well, I've been prepping for Thailand. So we're going we're to Thailand. We're going to Thailand. And yeah. it's, I posted a little thing about it today on my Instagram, and so many people were like, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. But we're kind of going for a sad reason. I know. So it's like bittersweet yeah. because it's People great say, that we're oh. going together, but it's also kind of, I felt better. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it will be fun, but our yeah. grandma's really sick, so we want to go yeah. visit her, and I think it will be really cool, but I was just telling Ron here that I have seven babysitters lined up. For seven days to being gone. <laughs> yeah. So my whole uh, life, the last few days, that? yeah. It's been like scheduling and organizing, making graphs and making. Well, I saw on Instagram you were posting like you were writing your minute to minute schedule. <laughs> Literally from like it 12 probably to 12 felt very day. daunting. Jeez. All the things you do for yeah. a family. Yeah, so like, like I do a lot of stuff. What you actually do, yeah. 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 And this is even paper. with people helping. This is what people carpooling stuff. Normally, it's like me doing everything. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of that, and I always feel like I get a little sick before a trip because I don't uh, yeah. get a lot of rest. I'm just trying to get everything. Ready, but besides that, Brad's been working a lot. We've just been getting into the school year, which has been so crazy. Yeah, I've never had three kids in school and in activities. So, what grades are Will and Max? And so, Molly Will is in third grade, which is so crazy. <laughs> and then Max in first grade, and Molly's in preschool. Yeah. So they're. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. You know, like at one point, wh- how okay when your twins were born, mm-hmm. how. How old was Will? He was six. Yeah, so you had five kids under the age of six. Yeah, so that's crazy. crazy. I don't. I mean, dude, we have two kids that are like eight and ten, and then we have McKay. McKay, I call him McKay. He that's says McKay. He calls, he McKay. calls himself McKay. McKay. <laughs> yeah, even that, I'm just like, I, I don't know what we're doing half the time. So I don't know how you do that. I I just feel like we do it as parents. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I have friends tell me all the time, like, oh, I feel bad complaining to you because I only have two kids, and it's like. I remember having two mm. kids and that was hard. Yeah. Like hard is It really hard. doesn't matter how many kids it you have. It's it's still a it's a project that you're and always you're still, trying to uh, yeah. totally. figure out. Right. And you're still you're going to push through because you have to do your kids. Yeah. So you just have to do what you have to do to survive. I think what's crazy is that not only do you have those five kids but you're trying to incorporate social media managing that and it's not like you have 70 followers and you're doing it. Like, you have 60,000 YouTube followers and tw- almost 26,000 Instagram followers. Like, that's an insane number. That's like, because that means it's more of, like, a job than yeah, just, like, yeah. I'm doing this for fun. Yeah. Even it's though you probably yeah, have a little bit of element of fun to it. Right. friends following you. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing, but also stressful. I actually took a really huge step back, back in January, mm-hmm. just because I, I was burnt out. <laughs> it had been like seven so and a half years, and yeah. I was just, I was kind of burnt out. And it gets kind of crazy. Like, mm-hmm. we've talked about this so many times, how crazy the social media world can be. And, you know, people buying followers or just buying things. And so it's hard when you're trying to keep up, but, yeah. but wanting to do it. Organically, organically, I think more a lot of people have tried to take breaks. Like I think I've seen you guys have done it in the past, mm-hmm. like take yeah. a week off, and I've tried it for a little bit. When you did it and you took your break and came back, again, it's like a different level of responsibility coming back, right? But yeah, did you good. did you change your habits of how you use social media after that, like for Absolutely. good? Or I feel like for so many years, I felt like I had to let everybody know everything. Yeah. About and I never was actual like daily vlogger, but I would do months where I would put up a video yeah, every single day do like for months in a row. Sure yeah. And so it was great because I felt so close to my followers but at the same time. Like I had some creepy things happen. Yeah. Had some stalkers and that, that was like a huge, like, well, I got to take a step back from this because I was kind of scared about my family and stuff. But, yeah. um, I definitely feel like after hey, my break, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> um, I feel like after my Our break, unofficial I just have kind of MC. like taken a step back yeah. as far as like what I share. I don't really feel the responsibility or need to share everything because there's plenty of people that do that. Right. You know what I mean? Perspective. So, have you? Do you feel like 
that change had any negative effects on like your viewership or anything like that? Or yeah, has it, it did. Really? Sure, yeah. Um, especially on YouTube. A while back, that same time period when I stopped was YouTube disabled my comments. And they disabled a lot of family channel comments. Because huh? they're trying to protect um, the children in the family videos. And still to this day, if I upload a video, I never know if it's going to have comments or not. Which is hard because I can't interact with my yeah. followers yeah. on YouTube. So... That's been difficult because I haven't been as motivated to post on YouTube because yeah, it's a lot of editing, it's yeah, a lot of work, and then I can't even interact with anyone. Right. So it's a lot easier to just get on Instagram. You know, so yeah, that's not you disabling. That's no, YouTube that's that automatically or selectively blocks. I feel it. like Instagram is missing something. Like, so I was looking at putting our podcast on IGTV. Well, IGTV has a limit of fifteen minutes. So I'm like, oh, well, yeah. then I'd have to cut our podcast into three segments. Yeah. I'm like, but yeah. to that point, like. If they would allow longer, longer. feature videos, you could just leave YouTube altogether, and it, you'd probably grow more. You'd probably grow faster, more organically on Instagram than you would YouTube. Absolutely, um, like just because of that engagement you have. Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like now Instagram has taken a lot more of my attention than YouTube. Well, do you post like are you most of your videos under fifteen minutes? They're usually around fifteen minutes. Yeah. It used to be so funny because you used to have to have, this is back in the day when I first started, you couldn't have a video longer than 10 minutes unless you had a certain amount of followers. Oh, yeah. So I remember like, yes, I can make a video over 10 oh, minutes. Oh, on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? I think yeah. when we, did, like the first, when we yeah. did the first gringo, you yeah. had to split it into yeah. multiple gringos. Yeah. Multiple, part one, part two. Like, why would you limit? Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. changed so much over the years, but it's been really fun. So I want to take a step back for so for some of the viewers, all all four viewers that we have and forty nine subscribers on Chit Chat with Chitty MD, <laughs> almost to fifty. If you're the fi- when we get to hundred, we're gonna do a giveaway. Check out Ron's shirt. See the shirt? Yeah, I don't see it. Those are so awesome. Chit, so Ron made this Chit Chat with Chitty MD with the mic. Um, I think we're gonna give away a shirt. How about that? Some merch. We talked about merch. Yeah. But okay, the reason why I brought you on here, we have a bunch of questions for you, right? Because you're. You are kind of one. I want you to kind of tell us about this, your background, kind of how this all started with YouTube. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of one of the early, like, mommy vloggers. I mean, literally, like, you started, like you said, seven and a half years ago, you started all this. And we were talking actually on our first episode about you, how you uh, were. Second you, episode. Or second episode. That's right, because you filmed two in one night. Yeah. But they seem like they were two different nights because I changed shirts so, and Ron borrowed one of my shirts. <laughs> I put on one of Jerry's shirts and it barely fit. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. He's so ripped. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so kind of let's take a step back and just tell us kind of how did this all start with the mm-hmm. YouTube thing and then how it came to where you are today. Okay. Well, I had my first will in 2010. I was like, what year is that? Yeah. And Brad and I, my husband, were super poor, and I decided to stay at home. And so I was like, how am I going to make an income? And I, that was back in the day when everything was a blog. Mm. Sorry, microphone. And I was just like, it's so saturated. Like, everybody has a blog. And I don't have a nice camera. I don't have, you know. But I had a laptop (laughs) that had, like, a camera on it. Was that what you used? Well, at first I used a Nikon (laughs) 3000 or whatever. And it had no flip screen and no autofocus. But that's the only camera that I had. And um, I thought, oh, wait. Like, I had a degree in broadcast journalism. So I did a ton of camera and editing. I already knew how to do all that. Um, But there were no mommy videos on YouTube. And we had no TV either, really poor. So everything I watched was free on Hulu um, or YouTube. And everything on YouTube was like these 14-year-old year girls talking about makeup. And I was like, there's nothing about mom. There's nothing mm. like, what do I need as a mom? Or, you know, so I was like, I'll post a video. And before I posted the first video, I practiced probably 20 times. I filmed myself 20 times. Oh, my goodness. And I was so, it was weird. After all those years of being on camera, I was still yeah. awkward. Because it was like a totally different format. It's different, than yeah. And so I posted it, and I remember like, I felt so uncomfortable. I had people being like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? And I'm like, and I noticed it's a correct one. They're like, what's up with your blog? I'm like, vlog. vlog. It's not blog. So you vlog. knew it was called a vlog even back then? Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that term was so it was. new to me well, in like 2015. Yeah. yeah. And I nobody, like I said, we tried to upload some videos. Of vlog. I, I think even yeah. this to this day, you say vlog and some most people don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's definitely you're like vlog in their head. Yeah. yeah. Say vlog. Yeah. Totally. And I... There was probably, I want to say there was like less than 10 of us on YouTube in the world that were mommy vloggers. And we all connected to this day. We're still friends. But I met with this, somehow this guy found me from Provo. His name's Ricky Butler. He's like this really huge high up Mm -hmm. guy on YouTube. And he was like, 
<clears throat> there's this YouTube party. You should go. And I only had 3,000 followers at the time. I remember that's showing up. pretty good, though. That's insane. Organically. Like, I didn't know anyone. Yeah, that's there was amazing. no formula back How long then. did it take you to get to yeah, that point? Yeah, because I have 49. It's been a that month. That had been a year and a half. Okay. And um, I and go to this but party. it was still so new back then. It was then. Yeah, so new. Sure. And uh, I go to this party, and it's all the biggest YouTubers. Wow. And nobody would talk to me. Because I only had 3,000 followers. No, one no one, they'd be like, how many followers? It's oh, so they're crazy. And they're like, like, what are you doing? Like, all, they're interested, like, all they're interested in is networking. Yeah. Yeah. And they and want someone with them. millions of followers yeah. that they can go interact with and then get advertised to their millions well, of followers. Even back then, though, it was YouTube was so different because nobody was doing it for money. Like, there was no sponsorships back then. Right. Like, it wasn't, it was all only on blogs. And so if you were doing it, you are just doing it to have fun. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, oh, if you do this, mm-hmm. then you can monetize it. Yeah. So... This guy told me, he was like, you are onto something. Mommy stuff is going to be really huge. Huh. He's like, you're like Prophetic. onto something. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So then I just kept going huh. and I kept doing it and it just like started growing. I remember one time I did a video and I was with you guys in California. I did it with Judy from my oh. studio time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did I a collab that. and I like grew 50%. Just because wow. of her yeah. followers. I remember that's your so phone was cool. just like, ding, yeah. ding, ding, It was just going ding, crazy. Ding, ding. Yeah, that's so cool. We were like counting. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. gosh. We remember and, counting yeah. your... Yeah, that was really oh, fun. God. So then it just kept going from there. And, like, I've had – and I don't have a big, huge following. Like, 60,000 isn't that big now. I mean, people have millions. That's what that's what someone who has a big following says. <laughs> I don't have a big following. Like, no, but compared was, to us, right? Like, it's, it's – <laughs> like, so we had – a few dozen. We had Modern Dad on last Four week, dozen. and he was, like, our first celebrity. You're an even He's bigger big celebrity than him. Deal. You are. Well, it's it's all relative, you know, because when <laughs> I go – I'm a small fish in a big pond when I'm yeah. with all these people with millions of followers or whatever. But um, – it's been really fun, and I I know a lot of the YouTubers, and they're really cool. Like yeah. to this day, Judy and I still keep in touch. She that's has awesome. twins, and I remember watching her. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Post about her twins being like, and then here I am with twins, <laughs> just a year younger than her. So, but yeah, it's been such an adventure, and it's been really cool to. I always say that it's cool to have like my whole life of Don't motherhood on yeah. YouTube. Like my kids can watch. Yeah, that's really cool the birth video when Max or when I found out I had the twins or, you know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. on there. So if I die, it's all on there. <laughs> no one needs my password. That's why I oh like God. making videos that I do is it's more of like a scrapbook, you know, yeah, so that yeah. when you get older, you can look back and like, Oh, that was a good time. Yeah. yeah. And if my daughters or mom someday, they can go and follow my wisdom <laughs> and videos. <laughs> I, I mean, really though, I think about that, that actually is pretty cool. You it know, is. I mean, it is totally documented yeah, eight um, years worth. What was was it that moment you connected with the guy from Provo Provo or was it something it else? Guy from Provo. <laughs> or was it or was it like a specific number of uh subscribers that kind of made you think like, wow, like I can't believe it's turned into like was there like a pivotal moment that you're like okay i should keep doing this because like i'm other than him saying you're onto something was that yeah. just it for you or did you have a moment before that there was a moment around no it was after that where i was contacted by the view and they were looking for a new oh, host yeah. and they were looking for a latina conservative host. <laughs> i mean <laughs> you could pass. Latina. and you could they pass. they were like we want you to be interviewed like we think you'd be a great fit on the view and i was like i don't think i well, first of all, I'm not Latina. <laughs> Second of all, I don't feel confident in, like, arguing with Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. you know? But that's when it kind of clicked with me. I was just – and that's why I was in California that one time because yeah. I went to go interview oh, with yeah. them. Um, but I just, like, didn't really want to, and I don't think they thought I was a good fit either because I wasn't Latina. But that was Didn't they get of, Rosie guys, Perez or something? Yeah. You guys that's do have, Rosie Perez. Yeah, you guys do was, have that ambiguity. You guys <laughs> do have that ambiguity about your ethnicity that yeah, people, people that. aren't really ever sure so, what your background is. Yeah. When yeah. I'm in Thailand, they're like, you're not Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm here... I literally people speak Spanish to me all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, dude! Yeah, oh, anywhere I go, I go to like the mall or wherever I'm at. If I'm talking to someone, they'll start speaking Spanish. To me. I've never like, once oh. thought you would. I do. Well, we there was a lady. We were at a restaurant one time, and this lady was like, <laughs> she was busting tables, <laughs> and she was like, "I flirting with you," and I was <gasps> like, "Like we were sitting like this," and I was like, "I like, right here." Yeah, she was just like staring him down. You know, I'm just like. And finally, she came up and she's like, "I know who you are." And you're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." Who? Like, and she said some name, and you're like, yeah, what's his name? "No." It's like El Salvador. Yeah, she goes, San "Yeah, Salvador you're in or something." Salvador. Something Salvador. Yeah. Like a famous. And yeah. So we're like, "What?" <laughs> and like, so we had to come home and Google it, and it is a group in South America, like a singing group. 
Like a she boy band. Singer, she thought for sure he was one of she them. She thought it was fake. She thought like, you were. No, I don't even speak Spanish, dude. Like, yeah. I cannot She thought it. he was lying. She was like, I know who you are. I she think she you didn't believe you still. you were H-pop instead of K-pop. Yeah. H-pop. That is so funny. Yeah. She still was like, it's like, we left and she was like, oh, he was lying. He's just trying to. Yeah. Well, you know, if you look at, I can't remember what magazine, maybe it was Newsweek or Time or something, or National Geographic. So they did a thing like they took the number of people in the world, and they have the database, right? And then they like supposedly morphed all of the races and everything together to make a one human male face. Have you Looks seen like this? You? I, it looks like me. <laughs> like I am like the most common yeah. face in the world. No, I, I do think it's because <laughs> there's like how many billion Asians. <laughs> well, I think it's so crazy because I can now spot kids that are quarter Asian. Oh, even because quarter. it's so common. Because your kids are quarter. Yeah, my kids are quarter. Our kids are quarter. Your kids are quarter, even though Tayden's not a quarter. He's ninety-five percent. Yeah, he's he's, 95. he's, yeah, he's, he's reverse genetics yeah. somehow. Tayden got that one strand from Africa. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like everyone's kind of mixing, yeah. and so like then everyone's kids, and I can yeah. spot them from far away. Like Molly, my daughter, has blonde hair. Yeah. But like tan skin, yeah. and, like greenish hazel eyes. But I see there's like a family member that their daughter's quarter and looks exactly like Molly. Mm-hmm. So it's like interesting that's so cool. how that's like common thing now. I so love that. That's awesome. I was curious since this kind of on this idea of like your guys' ethnicity, when you were kids or even as adults, did you guys ever experience racism? Like, you know, when people found out either you were Thai or they just assume maybe you're Hispanic? Oh yeah. It, it was pretty bad actually in Utah, especially, really which, bad. which was one reason why. Yeah, actually. It's really house. hard. Bring back a lot of memories. Um, you know, in a state that's that was uber saturated with you know very homogeneous Caucasian po- population, it lacks diversity. It, yeah. It's a little better yeah, now than it was now. thirty yeah. years so ago, right? But I mean, now. literally, when I was in high school, I guess you were there too at one point. But I was like one of the only minorities. And I'm only half yeah. minority. <laughs> minority meaning not right. Caucasian. But yeah, I remember being like walking home from elementary school or middle school and people driving by and like big pickup trucks throwing beer balls at me, yelling at me and saying, you, I want to say something. four letter, you know, yeah. racial slurs all the time, you yeah. know. And then even at school, people make fun. And this is part of the reason why like people ask me, oh, did you speak Thai in the home growing up? I actually didn't. Because I was always kind of embarrassed. Because I felt like if I spoke Thai, like even my friends would make fun of me, like, "Oh, you speak, you speak Asian." You, you sound know, you weird. So you almost like, like try to like assimilate more towards totally. your Caucasian ancestry, yeah. exactly. so that you felt like you could fit in yeah. easier. But and then I think though, as I got older, and then in high school, I was I didn't care. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm gonna yeah. be myself and who I am. You're just jealous. You don't get this. <laughs> well, and it obviously and started, didn't stop you from being popular. So, well, but then I just was like, you know, I don't care what people say. I'm just be myself. I and that's don't what care. I, <laughs> and then I went, you know, to Thailand for a couple years on a church mission to speak Thai, and then I really embraced the culture, and then coming back, you know, and yeah. so I think just accepting that more. And that's part of the reason why I think, even like we're going to Thailand next week, I really, really wanted to take at least our two oldest, you know, because for one, our grandmother's getting kind of old and. The thought of them probably never seeing her, but like also to even just see the culture over there, you know, like this is their like it might background. raise a new view in their mind of I where they're really does. connected to. I think they're I at a really good age where they, I feel like they could understand that peaks right. some interest. Yeah, because yeah. like for a long very, time, Tayden thought he was African American. So seriously, he did. Yeah, well, I mean, he's very dark, you know. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, just his skin. I mean, and that's, to me, that's just the innocence of a child, you know? Like, yeah, just his skin He has colors. friends that, yeah, ethnically, they came from a different continent, have darker skin, or have, you know, but he's like, I'm darker than them, so I must be... I must have, be one of them. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome to me, and he doesn't see it that way, I you like know? that a lot. So, well, and his sister isn't that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. just blood, <laughs> her biological sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's blonde, blue eyes. So yeah. it's like, I've known you for, like, just about 20 years now, and... Like, it's never even crossed my mind that you may... Because, like, I've never experienced you have to go through that. And so as we've been going through this podcast trying to think of, you know, what's some good things to talk about, I was like, oh, like, I've never asked you about whether you've had race experience racism. So, like, it's kind of eye-opening to hear your account of what you went and through. I, and for me, I think for both of us, probably for you too, when we were in Saudi Arabia, I mean, all of our friends were from all over the world. We are the only Americans. Yeah, Americans and not even like Caucasian yeah. American have, you know. So yeah, we grew up with friends from like where all Egypt, over Syria, Lebanon, 
Somalia, you know, all over all the world, places. Philippines. And so I think as we, when we were young, we were exposed to that. You know, we didn't see it that way. And then we came here and it's just like this, like, oh my gosh, what is happening? You know, it was so different. And so I think that was what kind of set us back. But Yeah. I feel like for me too, I noticed so much of it to my mom. And that's like, mm-hmm. to this day, it like still makes me emotional because she came to the U.S. when she was in her 20s. So obviously she had an accent, you know, mm-hmm. she grew up in Thailand. That's like all she ever knew. And she was just so kind and outgoing to so many people. And then I would see how they would talk to her, whether that was like people we knew or like strangers and they would just talk down to her and as a child I'm like wait this is horrible because <laughs> where we grew up in Saudi Arabia everyone had an accent everybody yeah. English was not their first language yeah. and so it was so like normal for us to hear people speaking different languages so when people would be like what's your mom saying that sounds so weird or she's cooking weird food or yeah why does she speak like that I was like well, I what know, are you talking just, about That's, you know like oh. and I'd always be so embarrassed when she'd speak Thai and be like oh Does your mom still, like, experience any of those? I mean, I know she's, like, you know, pretty prominent now with her restaurant, and a lot of people, like, know who she is. But, you know, I imagine that, again, it's a lot – as much as things have improved, they haven't necessarily changed for the good. So I think there's definitely been a cultural shift here in Utah, which I I appreciate. Yeah, totally. I think – you know, because there's so many Thai restaurants and a lot of more ethnic food here in Utah. It's definitely changing. Because I would say, I mean, this is, you know, we were in school in the 90s. In the so this is 90s. like 20s plus years ago, right? So it's definitely changed for the better. And I I think it's better for mom in a lot of ways. But I'd still, it's it definitely never. It still happens. It, still, it happened here when she was doing yeah. construction on the house. Yeah. I witnessed it. And you can see people like talk, talk down yeah. to her. Or, and it's just like, this woman is a yeah, business owner. She's probably 20 like, times more intelligent than that. You know? Yeah. Right. She's, she's so but she's, that's smart. the coolest thing about her is she doesn't care. No, like, she doesn't. She'll be like, I don't care if you're going to talk about that. I'm going to get this done or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, she almost she's, like, I'll show you. Right, right. Yeah. She has that mm-hmm. amazing personality. But she does. So my husband, Brad, and I, he's not from Utah. He's from Ohio. And when we first got married, we're like, we're never going to raise our kids here in Utah mm-hmm. because we both didn't grow up here and we want our kids to experience diversity. And here we are because <laughs> I feel like it is better. Yeah. I feel like it is so yeah. much better than it was back in the early 90s. But yeah, I just feel like it is so much better than it was back then, for sure. And that's that's part of the reason why we were in California the last seven years. And, you know, yeah. so our kids grew up there. Again, a lot of diversity, a lot, which we appreciated. And that was a big question we had when we were in L.A. last year, like, two, I guess two, two years now. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> we were like, do we really want to go back to Utah? We didn't think we were going to come back here. Same thing. Yeah. But the opportunity came up. And, yeah, I think it's been really good, actually. But that was one of our big concerns, just because of... Yeah, the my memories of being a yeah. child here kind of in the same school, you know, but it's so different now. I mean, it's it's been awesome, but yeah. And our concern was kind of more geared toward Tayden than it was toward Miley. Yeah, like we wanted yeah, to make sure he felt like he fit in. Yeah, where he blended right into all of his school classes in California, <laughs> yeah. and Miley stood out a little she bit was more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, 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 it's cool. But I think it's been fine. He has had some comments about his skin. Yeah. Here in just the one year in class. That's so crazy. Was, just, it, was he able to, to brush it off, or like, I mean, was it really confrontational, or like, was uh, it just something he's like, Mom, somebody said something? I, I think I told him that if anyone said anything, he could say, People pay good money for this tan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I told him. That's like, awesome. just say that. People pay good money for tans yeah. like yours. That's Your true. skin is beautiful. But I think it changed because there was a girl, there's a girl in his class that told him mm. she likes his skin color and he has a squishy bum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How would she yeah. know? She's I know. cute. She I, know. Is I don't really know. Crazy there. <laughs> okay. So I kind of want to move forward a little bit. So yeah. we talked about kind of the inception of your vlog, you know, and you start out, if you had a name originally, Mommy of One, right? Yeah, you guys. Worst name. So, but, I'm a Mommy of One was the, yeah. I just wanted to be I'm but a Mommy, just, but it was taken. Yeah. <laughs> so and then after mommy. that, because then you had Max. Yeah, so I was like, uh. <laughs> but it wasn't until I got with the network, I got signed with the network a couple mm-hmm. years later, and they were able to switch. They could contact cool. YouTube and change it to Michelle. So, okay, you need to give me a little bit of insight here, because I think this is fascinating. Because you talked about signing with a network. You told me at one point you had an agent. This is all for YouTube. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because there's this whole culture of YouTube and all this stuff that That's I had crazy. no idea. You guys, it's so crazy. Well, the weirdest thing about it was it was all happening at the same time. So there was no experience. No one had any experience with anything. Mm -hmm. So like working with sponsors, I remember the very first time I got something sent to me, it was by SkinCeuticals. 
Mm. A very expensive skincare yeah. brand. They probably sent me two thousand dollars worth of products. Wow. And this is when I probably had five hundred followers. Wow. And I was like, I'm, they just sent it to me. And I was so confused, like, what do I do with this? <laughs> they didn't say, Thank you. you have <laughs> to post. reach out and ask yeah. for your address? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, these people did. Um, and I, I was always kind of like, are they going to come find me and, like, ask me? Ask me for a you check know what I mean? to like, pay for it? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm so confused. Like, But everything was so new to everyone. So then a network contacted me, and I got signed with them. And they, um, they didn't even really know what they were doing either. They took, I can't even remember what percentage they took of my earnings. This was the other, like, a mommy this network was just like different. a network. There was oh. just like a couple of them back then. It was like full screen, and there's like there was the only like two of them. Networks, back then. so they would yeah. network. Different they weren't through YouTube. YouTube. They weren't through YouTube. They okay. like acted in your stead with YouTube, but basically oh. took your earnings, and they're supposed to like help you. But most of the time, they didn't. Yeah, they're just taking your. And then about four years ago, I signed with like a mommy specific net mm-hmm. specific network out of LA, and um, then I worked with them. But then I worked uh, with a channel that was just for moms with Mindy McKnight from Cute Girls yeah. Styles. And um, then it just kind of went from there. And then I just, to this day, will just get emails from companies. Like, I don't have an agent or anything because I want to keep everything. I do it all, you yeah. know? Yeah. And they'll just email me or sometimes I'll just get a random package and I'm like, I don't even know how they got my address. Yeah. But a lot of times it's like these PR companies have. Yeah. Like this one PR company, I think it's like through L'Oreal or something, but they work with Kara Stoss hair products and L'Oreal so they all just will send me their stuff because I think I'm just on their list or something but yeah like it's been fascinating because everyone's just learning as you go and I don't have an agency I don't have anybody that I work with anywhere I just do my own thing because yeah. I want all my earnings you edit you yeah. do it all I do everything which is from start to finish yeah. I recently met a YouTube family and they were like shocked that to this day I still edit my own videos. They're like, you don't hire it out? I'm like, no. So they, these people just hire it out. A lot of people So do. they'll just do the raw footage and then send it to editing. Well, it's a lot of work. Especially if you're daily, if you're daily vlogging, which a lot of the big YouTubers do. Like, I mean, you have to film and then edit that That night. night. And so you're getting like two to four hours of sleep. That was my life. And it's, you know. Plus raising five kids. Yeah. That's when I was just like, I can't do this anymore. People, a lot of people who do daily vlogs, like, They'll last a year if they're lucky. Yeah. Unless they're hiring someone to help them do all the stuff in the background. Yeah, usually, most of them have husband and wife teams, so they take turns editing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Brad was like, sorry, I have to go to work in the yeah. morning. <laughs> well, yeah. And then, you know, through on being a plastic surgeon is on call for semi tower restraints. So this is why when I talked to Ron a few months ago, you know, it's kind of came to this thing because it's like, I can't physically. I, mean, I can sit here for an hour or two, but after this, actually I'm going to be operating do, all night. Yeah, so, it's a lot you know. of work. Yeah, but I love to, I mean, I like to do this and it's fun to interact with people. And I think, you know, as we're going here, we'll see how this is evolving. And I think we've been having a good time doing it. Um, But it's cool to hear, you know, kind of your story, your perspective on just how YouTube has, I mean, essentially it's kind of not molded your family, but if you think about it, but, you know, you've been doing it again since you had Will. Been a part of your life since you were. How old was Will? He was six months. Yeah, he was yeah. tiny. Like, I haven't known. That's why it was so weird when I stopped back in January. I only stopped for two or three months. And everyone's like, are you alive? You know, but I was like, after seven and a half years. I mean, now it's been eight. But in January, it's been seven and a half years. I was like, I have never known motherhood without being on YouTube. So I just wanted to like, be a mom. Yeah. Like, to not worry about staying up late editing. I just yeah. like, wanted to live my life yeah. without being like, wait, I got to get my, out my camera. Like, I didn't want to live my life for my camera. Yeah. Did you pay attention to, like, how many subscribers you lost during that time? I didn't lose any. I just didn't, like, gain a ton. Right. You know I've, I mean? I've noticed the kind of trend in YouTube is you'll hit, people will hit subscribe because they like one video, but they don't actually pay attention to who they're subscribed to. So yeah. just because you get yeah, a subscriber doesn't mean that. that's someone who's going to watch your video, right? Yeah. You get you have 60,000 subscribers, but you may only get five to 10,000 views and you're like, yeah. This doesn't make sense. It's because people just forget about it. Like, I try to be an active subscriber. Like, I only subscribe to the people I'm going to watch the videos to. Because, one, I also don't want all those unnecessary subscriptions in my box. But Right. But also, YouTube, people get mad all the time. They don't put, a lot of times, my viewers are like, I didn't even get notified that you posted a new video. And a lot of YouTubers get really mad about that because with their algorithm or whatever, they won't show your subscribers that they even have a video. So up. even it's if you're like, subscribed and your notifications you. are on, it won't show That's you. That's why we said hit that little bell. Yeah, the bell in is one of our other videos. That, that and bell. even then sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even with the bell. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I was reading articles today, even Instagram, you know, because yeah. for me, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm mean, doing my plastic surgery thing, but, you know, I'm trying to grow this um, social kind of thing. And I've tried to talk to you a lot about it, just, yeah. you know, kind of tips and tricks. 
but one thing is, it's just Instagram itself is just this weird thing on its own, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I was reading something the other day, it's like, you know, if people, like, if you have, let's say, 10,000 followers, like, only 10% of your followers actually see your posts at any given time. Right. Ten, so only 1,000 of your followers are actually seeing your thing pop up in their feed mm-hmm. because of the algorithm. This is crazy to me. Well, part of it is because you, it's so easy to go follow somebody yeah you follow a thousand people like yeah. i in my person my see. personal account i follow like 70 people so because those 70 people are not necessarily social media influencers i'm only seeing a post from someone like every other day or once a week so i can easily see the timeline of who posted what yeah but as i've been doing the chit chat with chitty account i noticed that I'm not seeing things in the order they are posted. Oh, yeah, like never, I won't like see the stuff ago, that you that. post. I noticed that with Chitchat. I won't. Too, I won't see the stuff you post. Yeah. I know you just posted. I can see it on my yeah. account. I look on yeah. Chitchat with Chitty. I can't see it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very weird. How you can't have if you have too many subscribers or too many followers, you're never going to be able to like see maybe who you really want. That's why I try to be selective with who I follow. Right. Well, it so, depends on how you follow them too. Like, if yeah. you're liking and commenting, yeah. interacting, will, then they are like DMing, and yeah, then you become like closer friends. Yeah, they're, they're like, like yeah, yeah. They're like, it oh, they like this person. Habits, mm-hmm. and also I feel like that's why it's so important too to always be like. I always notice with my my voice just sounded really weird. <laughs> like vibrating. I, know, I heard that. that was <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> it's not even this. It's me. Um, I notice that the more I do stories, yeah. the more interaction I get overall because it's keeping me like on the top of people's yeah Instagram totally. page so they may not see my posts but at least they're but, seeing my stories yep. yeah and it just makes everything because well, it, it puts it in order right so yeah, like yeah you could have the posted this morning you could have put a story this morning but you do another story now and you just leapfrogged yeah. everybody who did one five seconds ago right right yeah. so, so the stories is the key yeah. stories are the key yeah. The other thing I've been trying to do lately is a lot of IGTV. Yeah. Like, in the, I don't know why, I just, I'm like, I'm going to start doing it. And so the last week, if you go look at my wall, it's chock full of IGTV. It's awesome. The interaction is just way better. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's why I, I wanted to do the podcast. I, I had downloaded all the yeah. podcasts to put them on IGTV, and then I noticed that there's a 15-minute cutoff, yeah. and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's good. Hopefully so you can still do it. it. Yeah. Just put it, just put, I had part one, part two, part IGTVs were longer. We had a couple of clips. So. No, that's, yeah. But that's I figured I'd start thing. doing that to help build the account. So, yeah. Okay. In relation to all this, can we talk yes. about followers? You know, one thing I talked to you about is trying to grow organically. So, you know, because one thing on Instagram, and this is for people out there, this part of the segment, I would say, is for either aspiring plastic surgeons, people who are trying to get into social media, um, you know, people who are trying to grow their accounts. This is the person to talk to because she she knows a lot of this stuff. Um, and so I talked to you a lot about this, you know, because you can go on, you can buy bots, followers, they'll even comment for you, and they're all fake, right? And so, but it looks like some of the like I look at some of these plastic surgeons, I'm like, dude, this guy has like twenty thousand followers, you know. But then you go look, and it's very fishy. Like they'll post something, and all of a sudden there'll be like five hundred likes in a matter of two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no comments, mm-hmm. or one comment, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't relate to what you know. Yeah, it's like nice. Yeah, yeah. And so it's I'm like, like, pretty. Yeah. What are they getting yeah. from that? Other than you know, there's all this swipe up thing. But tell me about that's this kind of other business that you started because of all this, and maybe kind of where that originated from. Yeah, I feel like so it's taken me eight years to get where I am. It's still not what some people have, but I feel like I can still make a good living off mm-hmm. of it. And I just I've always preached about being real. And being authentic with everything. And I feel like that word is like well, the whole keeping it real thing now is like thrown around all the yeah, time. I'm just, just keeping it real. I'm yeah, like, totally. that's not how you're in real life. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I just started noticing that because my followers grew a ton when I got pregnant with the twins. Mm-hmm. That was just like an organic, like, people were like, we want to watch this hot mess. <laughs> they wanted to survive. see the progression. They're like, it shouldn't be <laughs> live, but it happens. No one yeah. knows. Let's follow. Um, so that was just like an organic thing. And normally that's how most people do explode is because there's one post that goes viral. There's something that happens that like explodes them. Right. And otherwise it's just like slow and steady, slow and steady. Um, but I started noticing that it was, it was just frustrating me because a lot of people I would see would have the same kind of accounts. And um, then they were doing sponsored things. And I felt bad for these companies that are giving free product or paying for sponsored posts but yet there's not real people seeing them yeah 
And so it started making me think like with small business, because a lot of people are really smaller companies that I knew personally. So I was like, Ooh, I'm taking this kind of personally, yeah. like yeah. even with that, where you work, you know, I was like, it's market. still like not this huge yeah. corporation. So yeah. I'm like, I yeah. still want it to be like honest. And so I just got really passionate about it and started like wanting to consult people and help people grow organically and just learn how the ins and outs, basically like what we've talked about yeah. before, just how to grow organically and get a real audience that will, yeah. you know, follow you and be loyal to you. Basically. Yeah. You, uh, you had said in, uh, one of your, uh, a couple of your videos, you had talked about how, uh, you didn't you don't you didn't want to be famous or you don't want to be famous and you didn't really necessarily care if you got millions of followers but like you know the fact that you're still continuing to progress even though you don't necessarily want that fame aspect of it are you do are you still trying to get to i guess that million that million figure to make a living off it or is it when you get to a certain number you would think about scaling back i feel like i've already kind of scaled back because i there's just so many things I wanted to do that I haven't had the time to do, like start little businesses and that sort of thing because of YouTube. Yeah, you've had some fun, great business ideas. Ideas. But <laughs> but I haven't so been busy. Right, but it's been so busy. And I mean, even some of my friends, like I said at the beginning, I know some of the biggest YouTubers. Not because I'm big, but just because I've been around so long and mm-hmm. like met them at networking things or whatever. And a lot of them are over it too. And they do have millions, you know? And it's like, we just got to pay this or we got to just get through it, you know? So it's like... If people are already at those numbers and they're already done, like, why am I, why should I be obsessed with getting to that million? Whereas I've, I've always been proud to be like, I can make a good living and I'm just a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. but I can still help support my family and I can just stay home all day, just live my normal life and do that. So I feel like as long as I can do that comfortably, then I'm happy. You know what I mean? And And I think there's a few YouTubers I follow who are like over the 10 million threshold and they've essentially just walked away. I mean, they're not even posting once every couple of months and they have found other business avenues that won't burn them out. Right. And so, and they're more passionate about, cause it's like you start doing, you get to a certain number of subscribers and it almost feels like you're making content because of what you think they want as opposed to why you started doing it in the first place, right? Right, and that's kind of why I took a break too. I just didn't want to post a video to post a video. I wanted it to be something that I was passionate about, not just, well, got to put up another video. I don't even know what to show today. And I've known vloggers too that would just be like, I don't know what to do today. Let's do something crazy just for the vlog. And I'm like, I don't want to live my life just to put something crazy on TV or YouTube or whatever. So it's like, I feel like I've reached a point where I'm like, this is great. This is a great side income it's definitely not a full-time income but i'm also not working full-time right with it so it is what it is <laughs> you've had some amazing months some amazing sponsorships some amazing- yeah i feel like also when i have been consulting with people i always say look at my account i don't have a ton but i can still get sponsors with fisher price i can still get the big companies because they can tell that i'm authentic and every time i talk to a big company they'll say like what's your rate or what what's this or whatever and i always say i don't have the most followers but the followers that i do have are so loyal to me because i'm still the same person i'm not going to just do something and they're real followers yeah and they're real people and so i always say i don't have the most but i have like the most loyal they really trust i i read a thing the other day on instagram again take it for what's worth grain of sand but someone had posted a thing about the kardashian there's some company that did like i think like you did looked through all their followers like the kim kardashian yeah ellen degeneres and they said that ellen had like 44 49 percent of her followers one of those percentages that were fake same with the kardashians almost 50 percent of their followers are actually not real followers i mean they have Millions, millions and millions. Tens of millions. But I wonder if they bought a, a yeah. whole bunch in the beginning to get to where they are. Yeah. But that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, they still have a large influence. We yeah. know that. No matter what, we know they're famous. But even but them, still. you know, they have a huge... Well, yeah, because um, Twitter, I think it was a year or two ago, they just wiped out all the bots. Mm. And all these famous people oh. lost millions of followers. Yeah. Because they just... And I think Instagram is going to do the same thing. And that's why I tell people... Well, YouTube did that purge, too. They did a purge about a year ago or something. Yeah, so Instagram, it's just a matter of time. And Instagram's already kind of changing things where they're not going to show likes anymore. Yeah, Yeah, I heard that. And they're all kind of shifting. So I'm like, who cares if you buy them now? You're wasting your money because it's all going to be... Well, and how embarrassing. So embarrassing. we all know that this (laughs) happens and all of a sudden they're down to 200 followers. Yeah, right. What's been... uh, What's been, like the craziest or greatest experience that you've got directly from being involved in YouTube? 
Um, I'd have to say I got a book deal and I wrote a book. <clears throat> I never in my life considered myself an incredible writer. And when this, com- this publishing house contacted me to write a book, I was like, <laughs> and I just kept saying, I'm like, is this, like, I kept thinking it was a scam. Yeah. Cause I was like, why? Like there's all these other moms out there. Like I'm so confused and it's a real thing. And I actually might be writing another book with them. Oh, cool. Nice. And I've been emailing them back, but I just, that's so like, it's so cool to once again, to be able to tell my kids, I wrote a book. I'm a published author. That's and like cool. my followers would send me a picture of it in Barnes and Noble. I'm like that's, that's so cool. So I never in my life thought I wanted to, but that's. An awesome. Experience. So when you when you published that and you went through, you know, it finally was released. Did you have any expectations for what it would do? No, absolutely not. I was just like, it's like as long as Jerry and Mindy buy a copy, <laughs> yeah. and we did. I, yeah, I, I had no expectations because, and I had other people contact me, like other influencers, like, how did you find your publisher? And I'm like, they contacted me, and they're like, wait, what? We've been trying to find a publisher. I'm like, and you were they, just pregnant with the twins. Yeah, I was pregnant with the twins, and I wrote the whole book. I wrote it every night. For like four months. Did you have um, someone that was kind of on top of you and like every week giving you deadlines and yeah. and I also had people ask me like, oh, did you have a ghostwriter? I'm like, I wrote every word myself, <laughs> like when I was pregnant with the twins and yeah. So it's just crazy that I I still can't even believe that happened. It was awesome. all a blur. That part of it was so a blur. Do you, I know you've already done that. And I remember, you know, for a while it was on Amazon. It was like in the top whatever section. But um, do you still like see things from that or do you still get... I still get a check like every month. Yeah, that's so cool. And I like, I didn't do, I mean, I wrote the book, but I don't but do like... since then. I don't publish. I don't like send out money for them to yeah. publish. Like they just took care of literally everything. That's yeah, awesome. That's so that was pretty cool. What would the uh, so I guess the maybe the topic of the potential second book is still under yeah I'm under I'm in the middle of like proposals and that sort of thing right now but it would be off camera it would be like (laughs) along the same kind of mommy (laughs) yeah it's mommy related yeah that's cool yeah well I don't know do you have any more questions because I think. We'll kind of start winding it down. Yeah. I really appreciate you having on. I know, yeah. you know, we talk all the time. You come into the spa. We hang out, obviously, hang out with your family on the weekends and things. But it's fun, I think, to come into this environment to kind of talk to you on this this type of stuff. You know, I know yeah. we've talked about it a lot, but that's why I wanted you to come on, just to kind of share your experience with, you know, YouTube and vlogging, but just how it's also affected your family. You know, I think positive and negative. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen you go through, like you said, you had a lot of weird stuff happen. <laughs> Early on, I remember that was crazy. That's so crazy. Um, just some crazy stuff. Good thing but... we have some connections, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's another whole thing we can't talk about. Nope. But, nope. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming on, Michelle. Um, yeah, thanks you, for having me, you guys. Yeah, very inspirational. Again, I uh, you know look to you when we're talking about this kind of stuff, and I really appreciate it helping me out. You know, just you know, at the end of the day, for me, I, I'm doing this, and I need to just, and you're keeping it real and all this stuff. I mean, for me, I'm not looking to monetize this. I just want to kind of get my name out there more so that right. people, you know, I can look to me more as like, you know, in the medical field, more educational and like someone they can recognize like, oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. He's got that weird podcast, but you know, yeah, he, he does. Which pretty, I feel like it's working work. really well. It's working yeah, it's really well fun. for you. Yeah, Do you have fun. any questions for him or what's a question <laughs> you get asked about <sighs> your brother being a plastic surgeon because I get stuff all the time oh, all the time he give, can he give me a discount probably yeah like oh do you get oh do you get free hookups like why don't you get surgery do you get it for free I'm like he doesn't give anyone free anything <laughs> <laughs> he's not allowed to well I know, you talked about that on your first podcast yeah, yeah. yeah. Like first the ethics um, she actually you? listened yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys I watch well you know there's this yeah we talked about that I mean there's this whole area of like and I think someone brought this up to me because I never actually thought of this because I get people all the time messaging me like I'll get a picture from someone and it's like someone's some part of the body you know <laughs> I mean yeah I operate head to toe okay I get that but, but it'll be like some like a rash or like this spot or it's something like what should I do about this always like, diagnosing for, stuff yeah it's like constant and, and, and I say, my third cousin once removed wants friends, to know uncle's time, brother and, has you know, like I'm always happy to help people out but I start to realize it starts to consume all my time if I'm always answering these questions you can. and it's like if I was an attorney and if someone messaged me the other night for legal uh, assistance or a legal question you he would bill, bill $500 you know like I don't send bills to people right like, and but why is it so different with doctors some, yeah. to some degree take advantage of that because like oh you're yeah. a doctor you know this is about my health and they, they almost like they're entitled to it for my patients, yeah, like if it's you're my different. patient, it's directly related to your care. Yeah, but even then, like Mindy brings up sometimes, like, 
hey, um, you know, um, like you don't have to always answer them right away, you know, because. But you, you have a good heart. So you want to, that's yeah. why you're a doctor. You want to help yeah. people. And like, yeah. and it's probably rare. And what, where can you find like a concierge plastic surgeon who is well, your plastic surgeon that I will answer you at two in the morning? The time. I'm you like, know? I cannot imagine my finding my ob guy on Instagram <laughs> and messaging her and asking her questions. Expecting. Yeah. Like a free this answer. response right away. Yeah, for free. I guess that would be a question for me, for you, from me. <laughs> Do you feel like social media has helped you? And in, like, what way has it helped you? Yeah. I, and I would okay, for one, you know, the way that my practice has grown in the last year, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think a big part was being with um, Dr. Ward and Form, who are very into social media. Yeah. Which, you know, when I started, like, I was, I had started my account and I was, I wanted to do social media, but I couldn't do anything in training. You know, it's like, I can't do things in training because there's, again, certain ethical things yeah. I can't do. I don't have consent from, you know, USC to take those patients and post them and things like that. But, you know, I really liked Dr. Ward and Forum's approach to social media. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I adopted that right away and um, I just ran with it. I just kind of, it just grew. Mm-hmm. But I really think it just put me out there, especially in the local community. Yeah. You know, and it's helped me grow so much. I mean, I'll be honest, probably now when I see new patients, like last week, you know, I probably saw, I think, 30-something new patients in a week, you know, wow. like two, two and a half days a week, you know, and I operate two or three days a week. Um, so out of those 30, probably, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in my head, but probably half of them, or up to half, were from Instagram. Wow. From social media That's alone. Crazy. And then those have grown because then they refer people. And so and the, even the other like, numbers, yeah. yeah. And I get a lot of referrals from other patients, you know, occasional Dr. Ward's patients will come over, you know, and I'll do the breast body stuff. We have combo patients. But I would say a ton of them are from social media. And aside from that, you know, then it's things like Real Self or my website, you know. But really, Instagram stuff has been huge. I feel like since you're on Instagram so much, people can tell your personality. And when yeah. you're doing like a breast augmentation or yeah. a tummy tuck, you want to get someone's personality. Yeah. You like jive with that doctor. Do you know Definitely. what I mean? And I feel like since you are on social media so often, it's yeah. like easy for people to tell your demeanor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And be like, okay, no, he's Every, too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's fine. They don't have that. So, almost so if they don't them. like you, they don't like you. Yeah. But if they like fine. see you, they're like, wait. I feel like I'd be comfortable with him. Or he has it. people come in and they get like giddy and they're like, <laughs> like I feel like I'm in like. Do they say that? Yes. Yeah, I'm like office. I'm just Jerry. You know, like I don't so think like, of it that way. I tried to tell him about this podcast. I was like, it doesn't really matter what we talk about. Like people that are going to watch are going to watch because they love like his, his personality. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I get a lot of people that come in and they know Mindy. Like, they'll be like, oh, I know Mindy because I'll follow her. Right. Well, I would go up and just say, hi, Mindy, like, come oh, on I back. And I, I could <laughs> you tell, tell by the look on their face. I'm like, yeah. oh, they okay, I need to. But I like that, you know, so I think it's kind of extension, you know, so yeah. kind of how you're doing things, you know, um, it's very similar. So it's almost like if you're your followers all decided to interact with you and then yeah. they became a patient of yours. So right. in that sense, I, I try to be very careful because stay professional, right. And maintain a professional boundary. But I do think that social media is kind of not blurring it, but altering that, totally. you know, and trying to figure that out. Like, okay, can I just get a hold of my plastic surgeon like this? You know, like I don't have to talk to the nurse. I can maybe talk to him directly, you know? And so at some point I'm, I know for a while I took a break because it just it became overwhelming. Yeah, just like you. You there was a yeah. time where it was just so overwhelming for me. Yeah. Because I get a lot of DMs all the time. And yeah, I, I tell him every year for my birthday that I want a phone free birthday. That's <sighs> all I want for my birthday is for him to not. Well, guess have. when her birthday I know. is? It's tomorrow. Or is it midnight yet? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's today. Um, so I do enjoy it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I enjoy it. I love interacting with, you know, people online. Um, it, it's it's fun for me, you know, but it is. It's like try, like an always boundaries and finding a boundary yeah. and striking and um, you know keeping that professional, you know, because right. at the end of the day, like I'm still a plastic surgeon. So even I do these things, like I'm sitting here talking or I do my videos on IGTV or my posts. I, in my mind, I'm always thinking, okay, am I representing my specialty appropriately? Am I being you know, from the standard of the American board, because I'm a board eligible plastic surgeon, which we'll talk about that in another podcast mm-hmm. soon. Um, you know, and so I'm sitting for my boards in November, so like in two months, whatever, so three crazy. months. And so hopefully after then I'll be certified. But, you know, I'm always thinking in the ethics and the codes of not the American Board of Plastic Surgery, but also the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, the Aesthetic Society of Plastic Surgeons, and then also the AMA. So that's the American um, 
medical association mm. for all physicians. And so to me, that's super important to yeah. follow those guidelines. And so, again, that's why I don't give free surgery because that's not fair to other plastic surgeons. Right. I can definitely, you know, when it comes to family things, obviously, you know, we can do things to make it more um, cost effective for people. And, you know, that's why I run specials sometimes. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I went to school for 15 years to become this professional at what I do. But even beyond that, the cost of surgery is very expensive. Well, yeah. yeah. It's I about $12 to a minute. Yeah, to I pay to operate on my patients. You so, know? Yeah. So, so why would you The pay? patients pay, but I also pay. Right. So with the, the patients paying, it covers what I would have to pay for to be operated That's on them. So <laughs> it covers that cost. Um, and so, yeah, when people aren't paying, I'm paying to operate on them, yeah. essentially. So that's also a thing. I wouldn't be a business if I did suffer free. Right. But, you know, there's also things, you know, we do things like pro bono. Yeah. Um, I have people approach me about that. And so, yeah, there's opportunities to do certain things for people. Um, and then, you know, doing things like mission trips and things to yeah, help Yeah, that'd be incredible. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there where I can actually do free surgery. Yeah. That would be life-changing. I yeah. Like. Yeah. So maybe Thailand someday. Okay. Soon. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Well, cool. Thanks, Michelle. Um, lastly, I think we're going to do a surgical challenge, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we did this with Jason down again last time. Uh-huh. So you're also going to suture something. So we're going to set up here in a second oh, this here. This is so bad. Um, Where is it at? Do you um, have it? grab it. Okay. But, yeah, so you got to be ready. We're going to give you a scrub cap and then get you going. Let me grab it really fast. Okay, I'm going to hold this right. So I have this. This is a new new thing. All right, check this out. We got is that <laughs> one's still orange. recording? Yeah, it's, an, it's recording. I've got an orange. I'm going to hold this for you right here, okay? Okay. So we're going to tell you this is some humans something that got cut. Okay. So first off, don't stab yourself, okay? These are clean needles, though. So this is going to be in your right hand. Okay. Nope. This is to help grab the needle. Okay. So wait, I have to pull this? Don't look at me. So, yeah. Ron, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to hold this for you. Okay. I was surprised at how well my dad did because I was like, I would not uh, Inside, and then you're going to push out through the other side, pull it through. I just keep pulling it through the whole way. Yeah. Okay, ready? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, oh, you just ripped just through rip this guy's skin. skin. Okay, it's start fine. down lower. It's okay. <laughs> so, kind of follow the curve of the needle. Okay, and as you see it poke through, okay. Now, what you want to do is kind of unsnap here. Okay. And gently. So you got to unpop this open here. You're going to pop that open over here. Here, hold on. Don't let go. You're going to tear through this 90-year-old skin. I can't. There you go. Help you me. guys. Oh, okay. I'm bleeding on the table. Go, I'm bleeding. It's bleeding out. Here, put your, finger, put your fingers out. I want to help you. So let me show you. <laughs> so you're going to snap that open and then kind of like push it through. Now grab it. Yep. If I can grab with this one. My sausage fingers are okay, making this very easy. So see that? Okay. I've never tried. Now you got to load the needle again. So this is dangerous here. It is. Oh, I, I like how often the mixer thing in there. That's cool. Like. It's rolling around a little. So yeah, get closer, to the, get closer to the edge. Yeah. And then follow the curve of the needle. Can yep. you do this in your Push sleep? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah, and pop this thing. Yep. Look, we'll um, go pop it. There you go. Open. Nick, you almost got it. We'll go in yeah. the light. I like can Okay, scissor and then open we'll it. Go so I remember oh, during. Oh gosh, I'm ripping through skin. I'm so sorry, okay, sir. Right, I'll show you again. So during medical school, it, anything with like laces that. or string yeah. attached to it was all tied in these crazy knots <laughs> from Jerry yeah, practicing just, different knots. Yeah. Yes, yeah. not for scouts. At least it paid off. Yeah, I guess so. Pays off every day. Yes. And you can even grab it with this hand. Go and grab it over there with that one. Yep. Yeah, I find Good. when he does the like ligaments in the hand. Yeah. And or the tendons, and he's putting those yeah, back together. Okay. Kind of stitches it bothers really really my mind. mind. Um, a failing stitch. <laughs> a failing stitch. So when you load this thing, this Especially is called a swage. Okay. Swage is where the needle connects to the suture. You want to load this. Oh, sorry, suturing and so see how there's this the curve of the needle. You want to load it kind of at the base here, wow. and then at the tip of your driver. Okay, there you go. That is one so crazy, you guys. The same thing. So much more respect. Not that I didn't have respect. Okay, but. and then as it pushes through, now unsnap your right hand, open it, unload it. I put it's not. You're right-handed, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You wouldn't so know, though. So push, push them together and kind of spring them open like... Um, I need an orange. Uh, there you go. Good job. McKay, it's last like time I gave you the orange, Jason was supposed it's to It's way stitch. harder to take it out. 
Jason Dunnigan destroyed you, by the way. This is a clear <laughs> suture. We can't see it as well. He had a black silk. Oh, but, that's uh, true. Mommy, come Perfect. Oh, I gotta do it lower, though. Okay, and you don't even have to click it. You can you just hold it, yeah. Because you don't click it, and just go. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you're getting it. Not orange. I don't want to mess up people's lives. <laughs> That's right. This orange won't cry about it. I'm so sorry. Sir. Just there'll be citrus all over the areas. <laughs> all right. Well, while you're finishing that up, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our fifth episode of Chit Chat with Chitty. This is Michelle Pearson, my sister. Not a doctor. <laughs> she is trying. She is. Wasn't that Ron's joke? Back to life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a doctor. Not a doctor. She stayed at a Holiday Inn. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, check us out on YouTube. It's Chit Chat with Chitty MD. Please subscribe. Hit the bell for the notifications so you can know when we get a new episode. Again, every new episode is airing on Fridays. It will also be available on iTunes and on Spotify, Anchor FM, and on Google something, something, Google Podcast something. I don't know. I'm not a green bubble person. I'm a blue bubble person. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in, you guys. We will see you again next week. Bye. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, with chitister. MP. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, chit, chat, chitty. Chit, chat, with chitister. trip was it uh last year you guys went to thailand or beginning of this it year was january this january year, this year. Okay. So, it wasn't that long ago. so that was like this huge trip that you guys have been wanting to do forever and mm-hmm. it's not like you guys go away on your own okay. ever yeah. so it's our 10th anniversary yeah, so a big, uh, a big kind of uh pain point i go through when we talk about vacation we go on vacations a lot but we always bring our kids mm-hmm. and i want to go do a vacation just me and my wife mm-hmm. but I always have this feeling of guilt of like my kid is gonna be so sad when I leave he's right. gonna you know just hate me so bad and so what was that experience like for you like did you go through those feelings of guilt leading up to it and did they <laughs> magically vanish away once you got there I feel like uh the first time we ever had to leave our kids and this is funny that we had to leave them it was when we only had two kids, and they were three and one, I think, at the time, only because my husband won a trip to Cabo, all expenses paid for work because of his sales or whatever. And how can you not? And I was so anxious. I had never left them overnight. I had never even left them with a babysitter at that point because we didn't know anyone. Like, I had never right. left them overnight. And Brad's like, how can we say no to this? This yeah. is a very big deal. And I think it was only for five or six days, and it was That's Mexico. Still a lot. But, like, if you've never been up. separated from your kids, and I, like... I was a stay-at-home mom. They didn't even go to school yet. So I was literally with them all day every day. And I remember just being so anxious. And then the second I was laying there at the resort, I was like, boy, this is incredible. And so after that, it was just, we never really had trips, you know, after that. And so I just knew to not never take it for granted. And yeah, of course you have those little feelings, but I also feel like they're so young. You don't, they don't really remember as much. And I always try to make it special and like leave them like special little gifts while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And I leave them with people that they know, so they feel, like, really comfortable. Well, I think it's actually important, and this is coming from someone who I have major mom guilt. Yeah, and you guys guys just went on one in February where you went kid-free. Yeah, and (laughs) I think it's actually really important for the kids to see their parents going and spending time together, just the two of them. I felt like it gave us, we felt refreshed coming home. You feel like And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this again. Yeah. So, and it is stressful, like packing and preparing and getting everything ready. And the guilt I actually have not taking McKay on this trip eats me alive for several reasons. I don't even, my kids don't go to movies anymore unless Jerry takes them. I don't go. I guess I should say I don't go to movies anymore. Because I feel bad not taking McKay for several reasons, just because he's, you know, part of our family. But I also don't want to make him feel different for being adopted. Yeah. And for some reason, there's just the big enough age gap that he's hard to take to movies. Yeah. The big kids are not. But I don't want to ever make 
him feel like yeah for some reason there's extra guilt there's extra guilt there for me because I don't want him to feel any different from any of my other kids so so this trip where he will be left behind and part of the he's being left behind because he's so little and a 24 hour flight each way sounds I feel like one terrible to take him on and especially if he's not accustomed to doing it right like we yeah all of our kids trip. have been flying since they're five months, and they yeah. fly consistently. So, well, he, you know, we, we flew can... back and forth from California to here all the time because we had to come once a month okay. for him to do like all the foster care stuff, and that was. And how was he on those flights? He was great. I mean, he got busy. The older he got, the busier he got. Yeah. But and it was for really... hours is a whole different. Well, game. even for an adult, like yeah, I know you guys, your your videos were saying just how tired you were after those so trips. Awesome. Yeah. So then, yeah, then the time change, but I also don't ever want it to be like, oh, you're not taking him because he's not part time. Right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that, it just sits with me, and it just like S- no, speak that's... of the devil. Speaking of the little guy, <laughs> there he is. Hi. Sissy needs you. Michelle's gonna do surgery. <laughs> And so I, I had just, I've been on back to back work trips for the last two weeks and each time, even those where, you know, Tiffany's at home with the kids, like I still feel guilty about that. And especially like last on Thursday or something, she said that Tice woke up like at 5am, like I want daddy, you know, and like, I just like, and then you start thinking, well, how am I ever supposed to go on a regular, like right. a, a trip with just us two when he doesn't even have mom there? Yeah. And I know, I think when Tiff or when Dakota was three, we went on a cruise for like five nights. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of that thing, like I felt guilty leading up to it. And once you're there laying on that beach, then you're like, okay, like yeah. she, she's all right. I don't think that parents need to do it monthly. Right. But every couple years or yeah, whatever, even like, yearly. One of my friends, she believes in it yearly. She needs an annual vacation no. with her husband. I also want that life. <laughs> I know. Like, I would love to to incorporate that. Prison Mike. Yeah, Prison Mike. I love that show. Okay. 